If you have your Bibles, 1 John chapter number 2, and I want to read one verse this morning, 1 John chapter number 2, and we'll read verse number 12. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 12. I know Brother Jonathan mentioned earlier that we do have a new members class starting here in October, and I encourage you to be a part of that. If you have joined the church in the last few years, I encourage you, please, uh, I would strongly ask that you sign up for that, be a part of it. If you haven't and you would like to know more about being a member, going to this class does not mean you have to join North Etowah, but what it does, it's going to lay out the path and kind of let you know what it means to be a member, and it's a, a, a path you can go down to be a part of North Etowah Baptist Church. So if you have considered joining North Etowah or you are praying about being a member here, I encourage you, please sign up. It'll be a four-week class, and we're just going to walk you through what we believe is a church, what our church, how our policy is, and, and what it means to be a member here at North Etowah. I encourage you, please be a part of that, and I know that you will get a blessing out of it. Maybe you've been here a member for a while and say, I, I'd really like to know more about what it is. I, it means for me to be a member here. You're welcome to join as well. There's no problem with that. And so we do have the sign-up sheet. Please be a part of it if the Lord would lead you that way. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 12. The Bible says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. We began a, I told you, a little mini-series last week on In My Father's Eyes. And I want to say that uh, this morning I want to look at it in my father's eyes, I'm redeemed. In my father's eyes, I'm redeemed. I've been forgiven. I've been restored to our heavenly father. And this morning, with the Lord's help, we want to look at this subject. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do come to you in prayer. And Lord, you know the heart of everyone who is here, Lord, both those who are uh, your children, Lord, and those who are not. God, I pray that if there's that one here in our midst, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit might have liberty, Lord, to reveal to them their need for a Savior. God, to the believer, to the Christian who is here with us in present, uh, body, Lord, or joining us by radio or online, God, who maybe they are saved, but Lord, they are living a defeated life. God, I pray, may you... Lord, help them to understand the joy that comes from living a life of victory. Lord, knowing that we have been forgiven of our sins. And Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you have done. But Lord, also we thank you for the things that you have in store. God, may we see the power of your Holy Spirit at work in our service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 12... The Bible says that God has written uh, unto the children because their sins have been forgiven um, for Christ's namesake. And so I want to say that we are redeemed in my Father's eyes. And the truth of the matter is we want to and we ought to as believers begin to examine things from a spiritual, from a heavenly perspective and not from an earthly as humans, we look at things and we have a tendency to try to take our, 
our earthly perspective and we apply this to spiritual heavenly matters, but they are not the same. And so it is important that we look at our lives and look at our spiritual lives from the eyes of God and not man. And in our Father's eyes, we understand that in, in, in from God our Heavenly Father that our sins have been forgiven. So I am redeemed because my sins are forgiven. What does it mean to be forgiven? If I were to ask you what it means to forgive someone, uh, there's no doubt we would have many different de- definitions this morning on what forgiveness is. Webster's defines forgiven as granting relief from the payment of just a simple statement to grant relief from the payment of and the truth of the matter is the bible says that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin and our sins demand a price now the bible says in romans six twenty three, for the wages or the payment for sin is death and so there is a price that must be paid for sin we know the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that there is none righteous, no, not one. And yet we see here in 1 John two twelve that our sins have been forgiven. That is, God has granted us relief from the payment of our sin. We have been forgiven. We have been let off the hook for the price that we owe. Through Christ, we have been freed from our due payment. We have been forgiven because of our, of our sins. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, that is, if we confess our sins to God, the Bible says he is faithful to forgive. Now, I don't know about you, but... Um, People at times will ask for forgiveness, and forgiveness we like to offer forgiveness, uh, but sometimes it's hard to forgive. Have you ever been asked to, someone uh, to forgive them, and you found it just hard or impossible to forgive? I, forgiveness is a really easy word to say, but sometimes it is hard to put into practice, to put into action. Yet the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us, to wash us, to purge us, to remove from us the stain or any residue of all unrighteousness. Colossians chapter 2 Verse number 13 and 14, the Bible says, And you, being dead in your trespasses uh, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We have been forgiven. The Bible says that Jesus Christ took our sins, our unrighteousness, everything that we stood, that stood between us and God, and he nailed it to the cross of Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And he paid the price, he he took care of our sins, and he has washed us in his own blood. 
Acts chapter 13, verses 38 and 39, the Bible says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. And so the Bible says that through Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. Jesus on the cross did what the law of Moses could not. See, the law in the Old Testament, it showed us our condemnation. It showed us our sin. It revealed to us our inability to obtain or earn righteousness. But through Jesus Christ in his shed blood, Jesus said, although you could not obtain or earn righteousness or forgiveness, Jesus said, I freely forgive. We ought to rejoice in that this morning, that our sins have been forgiven. My sins are forgiven. He says um, in Luke 24, verses 46 through 47, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So our sins have been forgiven. And the Bible says that this message of forgiveness is to be proclaimed to all the world and to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now I understand this morning that we must preach that there is a wage of sin. And without understanding of our sin, it's going to be almost impossible or impossible to understand the grace of God. Yet the Bible says the message that we are to preach is that repentance and remission of sins. We are to preach that we should turn from sin, but oftentimes individuals get caught up on this and they forget the second half of the message. We are to preach that people should turn from their sins, but furthermore, we are to preach, though, that through Jesus Christ, when we repent, our sins are forgiven. They can be washed away and we can have new life through Jesus Christ. We ought to rejoice. That does just not apply to those who are not in the church, but that applies to you and I, that through Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of our sins. We ought to rejoice. I'm not perfect. I, I want to do right, but uh, there are times when I fall, I make mistakes, and yet through because of Jesus Christ that I know that my sins have been forgiven. I have been let go from the payment that is due. Uh, yes, I try to live for God. I try to do right. I try to live honorably and pleasing to God that I might bring him glory and honor, but yet I have been set free from the price of my sin. Because as we sing, Jesus paid it all. We have been forgiven. Our sins are forgiven, but also um, our debt, which is, again, it, has, it plays in part that sin is the, uh, the, the problem and debt is the consequences. We have been forgiven of our sin, but also of the debt that we owed. Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Our debt, Jesus washes them away, but then he removes from us the residue or the stain of sin. So that no longer are we forgiven of our sin, but we also, we are set free from the debt of our sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24, 
the Bible says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, You were bought at a price and do not become slaves of men. Romans 6, 22 and 23 says, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we have been forgiven of our sins, but also we have been forgiven of our debt. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid a debt that we could not pay. I won't elaborate long here this morning, but the truth of the matter is, is that it's not that Jesus just died for our sins, but he was the only one that could. You could not atone for your own sins. If I could have died for my own sins, then Jesus Christ did not need to die. But Jesus Christ looked down and God looked down and they saw you as an individual and they saw me as an individual and they looked at our lives and said they are impure, imperfect, unholy and there was nothing in him. There was nothing in Randy Ellis that is able to atone for his own sin. Therefore, Jesus Christ came. And what I was unable to do myself, Jesus Christ did for me, and, but not for me only, for the sins of the whole world. And when he paid that debt, he made possible that you and I might have the, the freedom and forgiveness of our sin and the debt of sin that we owed. For the wages of sin is death, but through Jesus Christ, that gift, we have eternal life. The debt has been paid. We are freed from the debt, and we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So in my father's eyes, my sins... Are forgiven. What a joy this morning that I, although I still make mistakes, although I sin, although I am not perfect, yet in God's eyes, when God looks down, he does not see me as a sinner unworthy. Instead, when God the Father looks down from his throne in heaven and looks upon me, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ in all its righteousness and glory. We're forgiven. That should cause us to live for him. Not to obtain forgiveness, but out of love because we've already received it. My sins are forgiven, but second of all, my sins are forgotten. See, forgiveness and forgetfulness are two very different things. I have forgiven individuals before. But I'm not God, I do not forget. And it's easy to forgive someone until they do us wrong again. And it seems like all the forgiveness that we gave and all the problems that we set aside, we want to pick all these back up and say, you know what, we're taking all of these old sins and we're going to pile them on top of the new. Ain't that the way we like to act? We forgive, but we as people 
do not forget. And yet God said, I forgive your sins, but I'll also forget them. In Psalms 103, verses 8 through verse 13, the Bible says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he uh, keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punishing us according to our iniquities. Boy, we all ought to say amen right there. God has not dealt with us according to our sins, but he's been merciful. See, I'm going to take a chase, uh, chase a rabbit for just a moment here. We want God to forgive us when we mess up, do we not? But yeah, we want God to judge others by their sin. Lord, when I sin, forgive me. But Lord, did you see what they did? Lord, you better get them. I don't know why I keep pointing at Brother Dennis when I'm saying that. <laughs> But ain't that the way we act? God, forgive us, but judge them. Lord, have mercy on them, but God, bring judgment upon those who do us wrong. But the psalmist said, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. And to that I say, amen. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, they'll never meet, they'll never connect. You, you, they, they just go on for infinity. That's how far God has removed our sins and our transgressions from, uh, from us. God says, I'm taking them away never to be remembered, never to be brought up, never to be thrown back up in your face. And sometimes we say we forgive people, but we want to throw their sins and their past back up on them, don't we? And yet God said, listen, as far as the east is from the west, there's been times in my life where I've sinned and I've went to God and I've prayed, God, would you forgive me? Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I've done wrong. God, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And you know what the Bible says? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. But the problem is, is not with God. The problem's with me. The problem's with Randy. See, I know God said he would forgive me, um, and he forgets, but I don't. And if you ever went back to God two or three, four or five, a dozen times or more over the same thing, God, I'm really sorry, Lord, I messed up. And we, we think we have to beg God for forgiveness. And you know what God's saying? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about anymore. I've already forgiven you. I've already let go of it. I have forgiven, but also I have forgotten as far as the east is from the west. And this morning, if you have sinned, if you have done wrong against God, and yet by faith you have called out and said, God, I have sinned. Lord, forgive me. We can have the assurance that God has forgiven, but also he has forgotten. He has moved past it, and no longer does he lay it to our account. 
Isaiah 38, verse 17. Indeed, it was not for my own peace that I had great bitterness, but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Lord, God said, I, I'm putting them behind me, never to be brought up again. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God says, I choose not to remember your sin. I will not, not that God can't remember. God says, I will not remember. I don't want to know. God says, listen, I will never bring them up again. I will not remember your sins. Hebrews 10, verses 14 through 18 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us that for after he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. The sin, our sins have been forgotten by God. The Bible says that there's no longer an offering for sin because there's no longer one needed. Jesus Christ paid the debt one time at Calvary and it was enough. It was sufficient. What Jesus did on Calvary does not need to be repeat, repeated. It does not have to happen again because his forgiveness and his, uh, his remembrance no more. It was finalized and finished at Calvary. My sins are forgotten by God. But second of all, one day they'll be forgotten by me. I rejoice to know that one day... I won't remember my sins. Isaiah 65, 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or even come to mind, the Bible says. Revelations 21, verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. This pain, this death, the sorrow, the crying, these are the side effects of sin. And there'll be no more of these things because sin itself will be done away with. And God says, I'm going to wipe away the former things from our eyes and from our mind. And so there will come a day when I will no longer remember my sins. There'll come a day when I no longer remember yours either. I'm glad that God has forgotten my sins. But I'm looking forward to the day when nobody else remembers mine either. I'm looking forward to the day when all this is placed behind. When all of my sins and my transgressions are forever forgotten. I don't brag on sin this morning. I hate sin. Most of all, I hate sin in my own life. And there are some things 
that one day when God wipes them from my mind and my eyes, boy, I'll rejoice. Lord, thank you for forever taking this away from my heart. I know we don't like to talk about that, but it's the truth. Just like you, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And I look forward to the day that the sins are remembered no more. Thirdly, and I'll wrap up and I'll be done with this. Thirdly, I am commanded to forgive others. My sins have been forgiven, they've been forgotten, but I'm commanded to forgive. Why? That I may receive forgiveness. You say, what do you mean, preacher? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We're commanded to forgive others that we may receive forgiveness. Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgi forgiven. The model Lord's Prayer says, Forgive us our debt as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the Bible says, With the measure that you give, it shall be given unto you. And I don't know about you, but I better learn to forgive others because there's plenty that I need to be forgiven of. We're commanded to forgive. This morning I wonder who it is that maybe you need to forgive. Are you holding hatred, animosity towards someone this morning? Bitterness? Past hurts? The Bible says... Forgive, and it will be forgiven. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We know the golden rule, don't we? We are commanded to forgive that we may receive forgiveness. I wonder today if you were forgiven and you sit here today only as forgiven as you are willing to forgive others, what kind of shape would we be in? We ought to learn to forgive. But also, there will not be a hindrance to others. We don't want our lack of forgiveness uh, to hinder others in their walk with God or in their, the Gospels going forward, the church uh, being a lighthouse. And we harbor uh, bitterness and lack of forgiveness. That's exactly what it does. It hinders others, both of the church and the lost, from coming to God. And Luke 17, 3, the Bible says, Take heed to yourselves if your brother sins against you. Rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. The Bible says, take heed to yourselves. I'm not going to go into this in depth, but I think the Bible is very clear all through Proverbs and throughout scriptures about talebearers. We ought to be careful what we say about others. And often we do our biggest talking and running people down when we are hurt or offended or have bitterness towards them, and we feel that that justifies us. 
The Bible says, take heed to yourselves. Watch yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, let him know. But if he repents, forgive him. When somebody does wrong and and falls into sin, when your brother offends you, when things happen, as God's people, whether it be husbands and wives, family members, um, we ought to do everything we can to keep that to a bare minimum of who, who knows. I believe that. There are some things that just don't need to be spread. Now, I know we're Baptists, and we like to say, well, we're just going to pray for so-and-so. They really need prayer. Here's why they need prayer. And we use our prayer requests as a gossip platform sometimes, don't we? God help us. We ought to forgive, but we also ought to be cautious that we do not drag other people down. And here's why. If someone comes back, if someone's gone out into sin and they've walked away from God and they come back to God, they come back to church, the less I know and the less you know, the more happy we are to forgive them and welcome them back in. But the more we know, like I said, we might forgive, but we're not God. We don't forget. We ought to be cautious that we do not hinder other people. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 through 10, the Bible says, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment, which was afflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgotten anything, I have forgotten that one for your sakes. In the presence of Christ. Paul said, listen, forgive so that your brothers and sisters don't be swallowed up in sorrow. Forgive so that you don't cause unnecessary pain on someone that's done wrong. Don't antagonize, don't provoke, but forgive. Pray that God would use you to forgive them so that they might have forgiveness. And Paul said, to whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. Paul said, listen, they did wrong, but if you're going to forgive them, I'm going to forgive them. This is important for us to remember because um, somebody does me wrong, I'm real easy to forgive. It, it really am. But you do my wife wrong, I'm not as quick to forgive. I'm just being transparent with you this morning. Uh, do my wife, my kids, my family wrong, I'm much more territorial over it. And they might forgive somebody, but I don't because you still hurt my family. But Paul said, if you forgive them, I forgive them. 
set the example and forgive. And so here we find in Scripture that in my Father's eyes, I'm forgiven. We're given the example to forgive by Jesus Christ and by God the Father who looked down upon us and forgave us of our sins and said, Oh, I forgive your sins, but I'm forgetting never to be remembered again. Today, have you experienced the forgiveness that's found in Jesus Christ? Are you carrying the weight of sin and a past of failures upon your shoulders today? I want you to know that you can live a victorious Christian life. You can hold your head up high regardless of what has happened, regardless of what you have done, regardless of what has happened in your life. And you can hold your head up high and say, but it's all right. I have been forgiven by God. God has forgiven my past. He's forgotten it never to throw it back up in my face. And we can go forward basking in the forgiveness of God because in my father's eyes I'm forgiven and if God can forgive me all that I've done to him how can I not forgive someone else who am I to deny someone else something as simple as forgiveness. When a holy, righteous God looks down upon me and knowing that it was my sin that caused Jesus to have to suffer and die upon Calvary, knowing that his son's blood is upon my hands, and he can forgive me. Who am I not to forgive? This morning, if you're here and you're harboring anger, bitterness, sorrow, I encourage you, do not leave today. If you're sitting, joining us, you're sitting there on your couch, wherever you might be, do not go another minute, another hour harboring that in your heart. But say, God, with your help and with your strength, Lord, I will forgive just as I've been forgiven. And if you're here, you're joining us. And you've never experienced the forgiveness and the mercy and grace of God. I want to invite you right now, today. Would you say, Lord... I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I stand condemned because of my sins. But God, I also believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Would I place my faith in him? Would I cry out to you? And would you experience and know the grace and forgiveness of God? Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I wonder this morning if there is someone here in our midst who might say, Pastor, I'll be honest with you today. I'll be honest. If I were to die right now, I don't know that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Preacher, I want to go to heaven. I really do. I hope I'm going to heaven. 
but I'm not positive. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and back down? I won't embarrass you, but I'm going to pray for you. Is there one who would slip your hand up and back down and say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died right now, I don't know that heaven's my home. Would you slip your hand up and back down? Is there one? Say, Pastor, pray for me. But I wonder this morning who may be here. Say, Pastor, I'm saved. But preacher, I'm harboring a lot of hatred, bitterness, anger in my heart to someone or something over the past. Preacher, my heart's heavy today. This morning, I ask you, don't carry around that cancer of hate anymore, anger. Would you today, would you call out to God and say, God, I I give it all to you. Lord, I'm going to forgive. Lord, with your help. God, I'm going to move past the, the hurt of yesterday. And Lord, I'm going to move forward because I know that I too have been forgiven of much.